Anime Pulse, episode 557, or 567. Almost got them mixed up. Yeah, a little bit. of Anime Pulse this week. I'm forgetting the uh, episode we're on. <laughs> yes. Do you have at least alcohol to blame? I do have some alcohol, but it is heavily watered down. Uh, I've been noticing that okay. I've been kind of uh, falling silent a lot lately, and that's just because my brain's kind of been running on alcohol. And uh, when I ah. run on alcohol, I kind of get tired. And I kind of like space mm-hmm. off and kind of I'm like the most boring dr- drunk in the world, where it's just like, get him drunk, and it's just like... <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It depends on the mood, really. I mean, with the right folks, you might actually be a bit more energetic. With, with the right movie, with the right type of alcohol. You know, <laughs> yeah. With the right mix. I never tried Maybe tequila, who knows? <laughs> Tequila's nice, yeah, you might like that. Tequila. Tequila. Yeah. So, uh, before it starts hitting me too hard, how about we, uh, get into some IRL news? Okay, right. So. Yes. So. You, yeah. Uh, yeah, my week, it's back to work. Normal, just everyday kind of stuff. I'm enjoying the, uh, enjoying the, uh, the routine nature of it all. I do enjoy it. It's kind of awkward when you do go on vacation and you have some days off and you're kind of looking around like, right now I'd be at work doing stuff and time would be going by. I don't know what to do with myself right now. What do I do? When, of course, you have like 15,000 things that could be done and you're just sitting in your computer chair looking at your computer like, oh, hmm, what do I do? Oh, what do I do, George? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Uh, let's see here. I've been playing a lot of Fate Grand Order. I've spent ah uh, yeah close to well no I've spent over because uh, of tax but I've spent at least two hundred and forty dollars on that game already. And uh, I've gotten enough gold characters where I'm satisfied with the fact that I've spent that much money. Uh, I know. I mean, when you think about it, I've spent probably over that much oh no actually 
What's the top amount that you can buy orbs with in in uh, Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem. Um, Is it sixty bucks? I think there might be at a hundred dollar one even or a hundred pounds bracket. Let me just double check. Keep going while I just right. Out. So I know I've spent quite a bit of money on that one before. Um, uh-huh. I think I must have at least spent over two hundred dollars on that game as well. But oh, really. Yeah. And the top you can spend on this one is uh, no, actually the top you can pay spend on this is about seventy quid, which is about a hundred bucks ish. Maybe oh. a bit less than a hundred bucks. I don't know if I've bought in like the top tier one, uh, because they don't okay. include like bonuses or it's just like you pay this much you get this amount. They never have like you know, uh, they do have like well, Yeah. They do have now, now each month. Where like they have specials yeah. every month, but I they're not yeah. usually worth it to me because it's just like, oh, no, you you pay this feathers. much, you get a bonus of this many orbs, and then it's like, oh, how about five hundred feathers? And it's no thanks. Yeah, it's not as good. How about I'd rather you, get like a character. Yeah, like something. give us a special character, or or maybe give us you know some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, give us like a special, uh, token or something like that. Or give us gems. Yeah. Like, that might be okay if you gave us gems. But, gems, alas. Really? Yeah, you know, gems for, like, leveling up your characters and whatnot. Uh, I'm not sure those would be as, as you know, um, as valued, I guess, at the end. Because, I mean, you know, it's just saving you a bit of time off grinding. Whilst, well, you like, can't. Feathers, there's, always a, there's a finite amount you can get, but you could always, almost always just keep, like, you're never going to run out of stamina because of how easy stamina potions work. So you, as long as you have time, you can quite easily grind up levels. Yeah, I but think I have like do the same thing over five hundred stamina potions. So it's <laughs> yeah, they, those things stockpile. It's because they they raise the amount in the olden days before even I was playing it. You you could only have up to fifty stamina at once, and there was a cap on how many stamina potions you could have. So back then, it, stamina actually meant something. But now it's just like, well, you're gonna have loads, and it goes up to ninety nine now. So. Yeah. But also on that same subject, you, did you notice the new beach characters out? There was no Tharja, but... But there is a Camilla. Yes. I did notice. I don't really like her art style. I don't know what it is oh. about it. It's kind of like... Denouncing it? It's kind of soft. It's, um, I it's do like too the neutral, fact, isn't it? I, yeah. yeah, I do like the fact, though, that her um, <laughs> her weapon is a drink. and Probably an alcoholic drink. So I was like, that's that's not bad. I do like that. She's got like a fucking blue Hawaiian that she's sipping from that she uses to attack her opponents. And I'm like, that's ah, not bad. Drink, you know, drunken master Camilla. Sure. Yeah. 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 Mm. That could work. So I just don't like her soft artwork, though. She like there's no gravity to it. It's just it's yeah. very blobby. It's like a continuation, sort of, of like the art style or the kind of tone they were going with with her New Year banner. Yeah, you know, there's there's not as much character to it. Mm-hmm. It's just very like up oh, happy. Definitely, it was fine the first time, but there's no need for it a second time. Yeah, of all of the yeah. characters so far, uh, or all of her avatars or her pictures, I think her original is still the best. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like her New Year's one. Like her bamboo weapon is really dumb looking, and it's too decorative. Um. I don't like her in this new one, even if she's in a bikini. In fact, of the characters who are in bikinis, I kind of actually like um, the brown-haired girl uh-huh. more. Lind? Yes, because she's got, like, that shawl that's open around her waist. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Like I like that where it's like she's got the bikini and she's got the the shawl, but the shawl is not covering anything. It's kind of like just tied around her waist and is exposing her whole front. So it's kind of like that's nice. They joke about it in the story, but they say that it's not actually too different from what she usually wears anyway, as well. Uh, yep. Like, style of clothing she always has. Yeah. Instead, I tried to, uh, I tried to get, uh, I spent my orbs again. I saved up twenty because I barely attend. I barely go back to uh, heroes to check stuff out. So I spent orbs to go um, and try to summon uh, uh, Noir again. Because I was like, you know, still want to get Noir. Because she's... Surprised you still want her, actually. Yeah, she's still there and she's still stacked as ever. And I'm just like, I, you know, I'll, I'll take her if you could just give me. Yeah. <laughs> the, more, the, more, the more the image, like the artwork comes up on screen, the more I'm thinking, yeah, you got a point. There's something off about her artwork. Yep. I think the, I think the shading is also a bit off too. I don't know. Something up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, I don't want to say it's lazy because people definitely put hard work into that but at the same time it's just not my style yeah yep. you exercise all sorts in this game you know think about Arthur yeah 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 uh hmm what else have I been doing well I didn't go and walk on Saturday because it rained here and it was like a hot humid rain so there was nothing fun about that I ended up just staying home. I played a bunch of Overwatch this weekend. I've been having a lot of fun playing that again. Um, Very good. I've kind of given up on trying to get achievements for certain characters. I mean, there are still characters I do use, and if I get their achievements, huzzah. But for the most part, yeah. I'm just picking characters where it's like, I'm going to play support, I'm going to play Mercy, or I'm going to play Torbjorn, you know, if we're on defense or something like that. Because I'll just pick a character that we need. And most of the time, people will immediately pick, like, Oh, I'm going to pick Genji. Haha, <laughs> yeah, we're on defense. Pick Genji. So, so rad. And it's like, all right, well, guess I'm going to pick Torborn since we need someone who's actually going to be defending. Or, you know, like, oh, no one wants to be a tank. Guess I'll pick Orisa since no one wants to do anything. It's good that you're one of those, those people in the server that can be flexible about your choices and just thinks about, you know, because... Some, yeah, I'm, I don't main any character. Yeah. I mean, I'm good at certain yeah. characters. Like, I'm good with yeah. Anna. I'm good with Mercy. I'm good with Torbjorn. I'm good with uh, Diva, And I'm good with Hanzo, which I know a lot of people say, like, Hanzo? <laughs> no one's good at Hanzo. You just get lucky. Fuck you. It actually takes some fucking practice not to just keep shooting your bow 24-7 a day because you have unlimited ammo. Hanzo also sounds like a ninja. Uh, his brother is Genji, but Hanzo is an archer. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, Genji's the cyber ninja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 pretty cool. I can see why a lot of people like you know choose to play only him. They like he, to play him he because he's got a double jump and he's really he doesn't have a lot of health, if, but does he can he do be, the wall running. Is it him? He can roll one, but so can a lot of people. Genji, oh. Hanzo, um. Genji and Hanzo and I, th I thought there was another person who can wall run, but maybe I'm just thinking of other characters who can like go up high places. Like Symmetra has her teleporter, so she can reach high places. Widowmaker has her uh, her uh, grappling hook, so she can hold high places. Uh, Junkrat has his bomb, so he can blow himself into high places. 
oh, Lucio can fucking, like, wall ride. Not technically, like, climb a wall, but, like, what he'll do is he'll, like, jump on the wall and he'll just keep walking along the wall. God. Uh, you get a good Lucio, okay. like, he, he can go fucking fast when he's jumping from, from uh, like, pillar to pillar on certain maps. Like, he gets a speed boost that is ridiculous right now. And it's just, like... You can just get them to be really annoying where they like jump into one area and they're just contesting it the entire time. They're not trying to attack you. They're just trying to avoid mm -hmm. your attacks and they just jump back and forth contesting the area. It's like, get out of here! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, I bought... Yep. I did buy a brand new Xbox One controller um, from GameStop because the one I had, I've had since I purchased the Xbox One way back when the Xbox Ones first came out, so about, what, four years now? Um, it served you well, then. It's oh, a yeah. good controller. It's a great like controller. controller. The problem was that I used the left thumbstick so much where you push it forward, I ground oh, yeah. a nook in the plastic of the thumbstick, mm. where if I pushed it forward, it would lock in place on the plastic, and it wouldn't let go. So I'd take my thumb off the stick, and all of a sudden my character's still running forward, and I'm like, Ah, I need a new yeah. controller. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the, when it comes to Xbox One controllers, like the R and L button and the front buttons are like a little bit easier to repair, but analog sticks can be a bit more of a hassle at times. Yeah, um, and the A button was also not responding much anymore. Where like I really had to jam down on the A button to get it to work, and some characters require you to do a lot of jumping. So, okay, yeah, A tap. button for jump. Yep, tap tap tap. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do. I got a gray controller because it was on sale. It does look nice. It's got like a green black or green back glow to the uh, thumbsticks, and the whole controller itself is gray. Mm. So none of the actual keys are any color. Um, it's also yeah. got like a nice grip to the back of it. The first controller that came out with the Xbox One, they don't have like the the rubber bump grip on the back, but this one does. Uh, it's not rubber, okay. though. It's kind of like a bumpy plastic, so it, it gives you more grip on the controller than the other ones, which are more slippery. Yeah, I've got the slippery type, so you, do you think the the grip is, like, a, a huge improvement? Do you? I definitely do you like it a lot difference? more than the original. Okay. Like, the original, like, if you got, like, even slightly greasy hands and you were grabbing the controller a little too hard, it would definitely, like, slip. With this one, yeah. you don't need to worry about that as much, like, because mm. you can feel, like, yeah. the texture, like, gripping into your skin. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I did okay. spend more money on that still if I would have wanted to. Um, I think there was a brand new Xbox One Microsoft Gray controller, which was still on discount at X at the GameStop, but it still was like 50 bucks. So, mm -hmm. yeah, 50 bucks for a brand new controller. Heesh. Um, yeah, they aren't getting cheaper these days. No, they don't. <laughs> they get more expensive. No. Like, I bought a PlayStation, uh, PlayStation 2 controller. And holy fuck, a brand new PlayStation True controller was like 80 bucks. Because they don't make them anymore. It's so fucking expensive. But I wanted to get a new one because um, uh, back when I was playing my PlayStation 2, which is now sitting over there collecting dust, uh, I was playing um, Valkyria, like the Valkyria Chronicle stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, so you're into that series. I've yeah. I was playing Valkyria Chronicles on the PS3, uh, which I have a white controller for, and then on the Xbox, or sorry, Xbox, the PlayStation 2, I had I played through Persona 3, 
and I was starting up like a new run on Persona 3, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Persona 4 because Persona... Did you play through Persona 4? Not yet. Like, I I didn't Mm. even put the disc in. I played through all of Persona 3. I did not do the extra part to it, though. I only did the question, not the answer. So I didn't play as Robo Waifu. I only played as a Uh silent protagonist because... Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, just because, like, I heard that the robo-waifu stuff is supposed to be harder, it's not supposed to be nearly as fun, and plus I've seen all the cutscenes no. for it already. Yeah. <laughs> when, Shin and I, when Shin Megami Tensei games are, are, like, ascribed to be hard, then you know it's going to be super hard, because even its normal difficulty can have some punishing bosses in them, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, like, just I went and I was like, all right, I'm going to take on death. I think I'm a high enough level. Oh uh, no, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> they got you get them to the last third of their life, and they whip out some bullshit skill. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's I'm just, just like, gonna uh, rain bullets down upon you. It's like, how come they fucking didn't use this skill before? Like, what the fuck is going I'm just on? Gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna grab one of your party members and use them to attack you as a shield. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. The reason I was I'm even doing a, a second playthrough is because I wanted to fight the mm-hmm. secret boss, which is oh yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. your. Uh, oh blue waifu um oh shit. yeah okay so they were doing that in free as well in four that's the same as a similar yep, sort you can of do it in four you yeah. can also do it in five where you fight the lollies okay, okay so all of the assistants are the secret bosses yep. it's not really a secret then if that's like a trend well it's a it's a hard thing to get to like you have to do certain things to get to them yeah and you also have to be prepared <laughs> because there's always a gimmick to those bosses where it's like you have to have these personas Otherwise, you'll lose because you have to have certain defenses against certain attacks and you have to have certain attacks against their defenses. Otherwise, you're fucked. Sounds like an exam. Yeah, it kind of is. And that's exactly what they chalk it up to be like. They're giving you an exam and, Uh, you know, you get a special item for it and it's all good stuff. Which makes you wonder, though, because, I mean, I'm gonna guess it's, like, one of the last things you really can do in a playthrough is, like, you know, do, do these secret bosses on your second playthrough. What more could a secret item do to make you want to keep on playing when, you know, you've pretty much played the whole game once already and stuff? And you know, Oh, it's kind of like when you play Pokemon and you go and you do the, uh, like, the Battle Royale stuff or whatever, like, the oh, okay. Battle stuff Frontier, is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I forget what it is. But they're they're all named differently. Oh no, it's where you collect every single Pokemon in the game. So like, oh, if you get all oh. the Pokemon, you go back to the professor. He'll give you a charm called the shiny charm, and that means you can now go and collect all the Pokemon again, shiny versions, because it ups your shiny rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's kind of like that, where it's like it gives you a reason to go back through the whole world just so you can find those Pokemon mm-hmm. again, who are already hard to find, and then find their shiny versions. I've only ever yeah. gotten one shiny Pokemon, no, two shiny Pokemon in my entire life. I got uh, oh, yeah. the butterfly, not the butterfly, the moth Pokemon. No, not the moth. Uh, Venomoth? Venomoth? No, the one that Mothman? has like the different shapes on its back. Like one of them looks like a Pokeball. Oh, Vol- oh uh, is that the newest one? Yeah, so like the newer uh... moth butterfly character it's on the tip of my tongue i can't remember i know which one you're talking about yeah whatever that one is i got a shiny version of uh, that and i also uh got uh a shiny version of the camel eruption or whatever it's called oh camperrupt camperrupt yes and i was like i don't care and i kind of just gave him to a friend and he's like are you sure 
Like, you know how hard these mm. are to come by? And it's like, just give me some waifu Pokemon in trade. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> that's a... That's a... <laughs> So I guess I guess he was like, oh, that's that's a typical you. What, so I guess he gave you a Gardevoir or a, a Gardevoir. He gave me a Gardevoir in a game that Gardevoir doesn't exist in, and he also gave me Bunnery, when a game that doesn't uh, have a Bunnery existing in it. Um, okay. And what else was there? Let's see here. The Bunnery. There was a Gardevoir. He's also traded me. Um, shoot. I can't remember. It was the Gardevoir, the Bunnery, and oh, the Miss Magnus. Miss Magnus, right? Yes. Okay. So like all the like uh, the 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 uh, earliest forms, though, because it comes out of the egg. Yeah. All right. Yeah. First forms. Oh, since we're trading, since we're trading shiny stories, I've also I've also only had two shinies as well, like two genuine shinies in my experience as well. Unless you count Red Gyros, nobody counts Red Gyros because everyone gets that. Yep. Um. The first one I got is not really that impressive. It was an Illumise. Illumise. Which, if you played, yeah, if you played Ruby and Sapphire, it's like the there's the, the, there's like a male bee and a female bee. One called Volbeat and one called Illumise. Oh right, the blue and Ill- the yeah. pink. Yeah, I got an Illumise that was that was gold, and gold. then um, yeah, I did I didn't really care that much for it though, yep. to be honest. I never really used it. It was just kind of like a, oh, that's kind of nice to have. And then um, the one I did like and I actually used was in um, black and white, I actually caught a shiny Piloswine, which is an evolved form of Swine Up. It's like a mammoth Pokemon. Oh, right, the mammoth Pokemon. Mammoth swine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold version I like that of him. one, actually. Yeah, he's gold, and he's um, he actually had good IVs as well, so he actually was kind of competitively viable, you know, without even having to breed. So that's pretty good. That's good. That's nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, yeah. Um, I don't think there's much else that's been going on. My dad and my uh, father's fiance are currently uh, out visiting family uh, out in the Adirondacks. Adirondacks. So they're out in the mountains right now. Uh, so I've nice. been left to take care of the cats and oversee the house and whatnot and. Got my AC on right now, so if you do hear a humming in the background, that is the AC. I am not turning it off because it is fucking mm-hmm. hot outside. Wish I had one of those. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's nice and cool in my room right now. I'm sizzling. This is great. Sizzling and sweating. I thought I smelled like a bacon. Pig on a stick. <laughs> exactly. Big on a stick. Oh. Yeah. So that's been so that's too. been about it for my week. How about uh, how about yours? Well, uh, uh, not much to report as always. So they, you know, relevant to today's episode for later on. But the new anime season has started, so I've started watching the newest summer twenty eighteen anime. So you know, spring twenty uh, summer twenty eighteen only comes once. Everybody, you know, there's multiple versions of summer, but there's only one version of this particular summer. So spend oh. it well. Enjoy while you can. Have a heat wave going. Enjoy while you can. Exactly. You'll never be this exact you again experiencing this exact summer, this yeah. exact lineup of anime. So yeah, it's been a bunch of hit and miss stuff. I don't really need to go into detail about those because we're going to be previewing most of them and then probably rounding them off at the end. Indeed. So, but it's been a real hit and miss one. There's been some great ones. Okay, actually, no, let me, let me backtrack. There's been some okay ones and been some ones that are pretty bad, but you know, it's, it's kind of been mystery all the way through. I don't know which one's... There's a lot of ones that's like I didn't know what to expect, which is always fun to kind of go into. You've been having a good, uh, good 
John into this season so far, Joseph? This is more on the subject, and it's anime. I've watched two new anime, specifically for today's show. I watched them today, ah, yes. even because uh, I wanted okay. to keep it fresh in my brain. Um, okay. One of them was good, and one of them, one of them was good, but it's good for select people like myself. And the other one was something that I was hesitant about, which we've talked about before. Um, so if ah, you know what I'm talking subject. about, yeah. which yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I like it. But then I got into it and I was like, well, it's not bad, but it's still not for me. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Okay. I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to wait and see when you elaborate on it. Okay. And yeah, so that's pretty much it. I don't really want to, there's not really much else to say about the real, the IRL for me. But let's go into the community stuff because there actually isn't too much to go over. So this should be pretty fast. Uh, first off, we got a comment by Midnight Crew on episode 564, Deer's Ball Z. <laughs> um, and he says, the guy I posted in the trap thread is Astolfo, Knight of Charlemagne. So I mm-hmm. think it's one of the fake characters you mentioned in the past. He's a fairly lackluster servant in the actual Grand Order game, though. Going by what I've heard from a friend who actually plays it. Um, you both, Deers and DBS at Dragon Ball Super, got more positive ratings than I was expecting. I've only really heard bad things about them, so I figured they were both irredeemable trash. But apparently they were good enough, there were good things in there to save them from the big burning anime rubbish heap of history. Yeah, I mean, give, give, it, give it time, Midnight Crew. I mean, I'm only covering the first part of Dragon Ball Super there, so there's plenty of, there's plenty of arcs later where it has a potential chance to, to, to become trash. Don't you worry about that. And as, as we all know, Deers was just saved by, like, oh, like a hair. It hung on by a thread made up of a teacher, so... And that's pretty much the comments for this week. Where we go on, but so we move on to our um, forum topic of the week, which is about AMVs. Very simple, just you know, AMVs are if you don't know, which you probably do know, are anime music videos. Um, you know, usually has lots of edited cuts of anime with some music on top. And you'll usually get taken down from YouTube if it is on YouTube at some point. Anyway, but yeah, so post your favorite ones down below, and I got I believe two responses from people. Um, the first one comes in by. Midnight Crew again. So he says, Oh wow, I really don't watch AMVs that much anymore. It was mostly a thing during my anime adolescent many, many years ago. I do have a couple that I like though. This one's really well edited and features a Swedish song, so that dub- that's double awesome for me. Called Hold Me Hall Om Mig. I don't know what show that is. Um... Yeah, I can't tell from the thumbnails. And then the next one is, speaking of Swedish though, any AMV that features Sabaton is generally pretty damn epic, especially when combined with a military anime. So it's a, a Girls in Panzer song. A Girls in Panzer AMV there. And then finally there's one which is from Yojo Senki, or Tanya the Evil, I think the anime is. And says, well that's enough uh, Swedish musical patronism for now. So I guess you're Swedish at this point then. Who knew Norse music and Asian cartoons could go so well together? Um, yes, who knew? Um, next comes in is uh, Zaldera, who says, Like Midnight Crew, AMVs are not something I go and watch regularly anymore. It was more of a feature of my younger years. Nonetheless, here are some that I recall are quite funny, poignant, or entertaining in other ways. So there's, uh, there's uh, one called... Well, it's, the, uh, the anime itself is various, including Sailor Moon, Tenchi Muyo, and features um, the song Cause I'm a Blonde by Julie Brown. 
And then, this one was one of the earliest AMVs I've ever watched and found it hilarious, especially given that the footage of Sailor Moon fits well with the lyrics and that Usagi is a bit of an airhead. Next one is a Cardcaptor Sakura AMV, the song Harder to Breathe by Maroon 5. Well, there we go. I recall seeing this one at an anime convention many years ago and liked the editing and the idea of a relatively innocent anime like Cardcaptor Sakura being set to a much harder, grittier rock song. Yeah, that, that 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 definitely screams teenage years. That one when you when you put that uh, put it like that actually. Uh, the next one is "It's My Life" by Bon Jovi to the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is another one where I like the editing and the footage synced up well with the song. Given what Evangelion is like, I can see the song matches the mood of the characters at least before they become total wrecks. And uh, the next one is "Runaway You and I." by Galantis to the anime Beyond the Boundary Kyokai no Kanata. So uh, the AMV is probably the most recent one. It's probably the most recent one I've seen and I've stumbled upon it by accident. Normally I hate most electronic dance trance type songs, such as the from the aforementioned artist behind the track used in this AMV. But the editing was done pretty well and the music seemed to fit pretty well. Especially with the particular scene in the anime that involved a lot of dance moves. I can see the characters doing this act as part of the talent show to this music track. And the last but not least is the song is called Song 2 by artist Blur to Zan Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, which is the third season of the Zetsubo Sensei series. Um, just stumbled across this one. The fast-paced editing goes well with the fast-paced songs, especially it's funny when you consider the Nozomu Itoshiki is one of the most lethargic people out there and yet here he is going all hyper in this video. Uh, so for those listening, I would recommend going to the forum post because obviously I can't really experience an AMV on a podcast. So definitely head over to the forums, sign up. <laughs> Subtle plug uh, if you wanna if you wanna you know see these. Actually, you don't even have to sign up to see these replies. So I'm I'm kind of talking out my ass here, but yeah, uh, I, I recommend having a look at if these AMVs sound interesting to you. Uh, so yeah, I guess we can bring it around to the hosts themselves. What about you, Joseph? Any AMVs you have to, to mention here? So I did share my favorite AMVs in Discord. Um, but nah, yes. I had a few that I really did like. Um, but I think I'm for mine is going to go with the AMV of Führer, F-U-R-O-R. And uh, that is a... <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's a uh, AMV for those who, hmm, how to put it best. So basically, the song is uh, let's see here, let's see. It's uh, touching on my by three O H exclamation mark three or three O. Uh huh. And the anime is of course uh, is uh, Oraimo. Yes, so, heavily uh, featuring the ship that I believe Rio, if she was still here, would absolutely despise. Yes, she would absolutely despise this AMV because this is an AMV that is just basically like, yeah, this brother wants to fuck this sister, and this sister wants to fuck this brother, but you know, maybe yeah, they will. There's a little bit later on where she steals the editing software off him, and then starts editing a video. It's weird. She edits the lyrics to the song in motion graphics. Yep. <laughs> I mean, in kinetic typography, it's weird. Nicely done, though. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. Um, I do, I do like it. The song's great. The, <laughs> the editing is pretty fantastic. It matches up pretty yeah. well. You know, it's got a nice <clears throat> ass shaking scene in there from Kirino. 
Mm-hmm. Specifically, I mean, right like, around most 140. Most videos edited by that channel, it's from best AMVs of all time, right? You know, most of the AMVs that they provide are very well edited, at least. Yep, those those animes or those AMVs from best anime or uh, best anime. Damn it. Best AMVs of all time. <laughs> I keep trying to say the whole f- fucking thing. Um, yep. Those are like AMVs that were voted to be like top tier stuff at like conventions. So, yeah. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, I suppose before I before the chat goes any more crazy, I, I will before I mention any of mine, I'll, I'll go refresh the page because... Uh, apparently another post came in, this just in. Breaking news, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yes, this just in. Rampant AI comes in with a post to the AMV section. So, second time's a charm, hopefully. I cannot seem to recall any AMVs of recent note, but Andrew's gif on the OP with Araragi reminds me of Nisu Monogatari in one of its openings, Platinum Disco. So he provides an opening. It doesn't really count, but there it is. Yeah, the <laughs> it, 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 you can kind of stretch it, I don't know. Like it's Yeah, it's still technically an OP, but you know. You could say that the content of the OPs of um, Bakemono series are abstract enough, almost intended to be edited into some sort of AMVs. There probably are a bunch of really good AMVs of Bakemono when I think about it, if you take just the key animation parts of them. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. I won't need to refresh, and I just got—I was going to have a few honorable mentions just from me personally. Um, I think if a lot of people here in the chat, as well as you, Joseph, remembered AMV Hell series, which is uh, something I used to watch when I was younger. I think uh-huh. everybody can agree on those. Those were funny back in the day, so I want to give that an honorable mention. Hey, back a long in time my day. Yeah. yeah, back in my day when Windows Movie Maker was the hot shit. And uh, yeah, and then I, I, the only one I could just uh, put up quickly as the mention of a more typical AMV was also by actually best AMVs of all time, which was like one that was kind of catchy back in the day when I first finished watching Madoka Magaka. And it was, it, it, the link will be in the description. It's, uh, it's, it was one called the Night Maggie Cometh, the video itself, which is just, they've taken some remix of like this Nightman song or something and they've put it over, I don't even know what it's from. And they've put it over footage from um, hey man. Madoka Magica. Oh. And it's, yeah, it's surprisingly fit. I've, you know, just it's kind of funny and it's kind of just it's got very dubstepy, isn't it? Would you say dubstep very remixed? But... Fire the dubstep eh. gun. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty catchy. So I yeah, I put that one there as my as my mention. But apart from that, thank you very much for your submissions of AMVs. That's about it for this week. Okay, I think I guess we can go straight into our uh, industry news. Yes, yes. All right. Okay. Well, I believe you have two you and I have one, one, so how about you get us yeah. started? Okay, right. So I'll start us off. Uh, I've got two announcements today. The first one is of a new Strike Witches anime project that's going to be taking place in 2019. Uh, there's apparently, like, to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the franchise, um, there's um, a, I believe it started off on the web, on the web, on the web comic, there's Strike Witches 501 Butai Fuck Hashin Shimas, um, which is going to be getting an anime adaptation coming out in 2019 next year. Um, it has a list here in the article as to whose cast is who. It doesn't really mean anything to me because I've never watched Strike Witches. Yes, apparently it's a four ca- uh, four coma style manga. Um, do do do. And what else is here? 
Okay, so the manga itself, if you don't know, follows the members of the 501st unit, so I assume it's the main characters, as they cook, clean, and do other everyday tasks when there's a lull of new Roy attacks. So I guess this is kind of like a slice of life, more downtime-ish sort of thing. Should the show be mostly usually about action? Uh, this, the whole franchise story apparently centres around, this is news to me, an alien invasion of beings known as New Roy. The only way to damage and ultimately defeat them lies in the witches, girls who possess magical powers and are capable of wielding striker units that enhances their abilities. So blah 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 blah, typical anime fair, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and it just goes on to tell you more about the actual franchise itself. You could probably read about that in at your leisure if you go to the Anime News Network link below. Um... And that's about it. Though there are new, um, this is this is not just the only thing that they've got planned for the future of the franchise. So it's worth mentioning is that there are numerous series planned for two years later as well, which with um, Strike Witches Road to Berlin TV anime, which is going to preview, uh, premiere not preview, in twenty twenty, and new Idol Witches. So I guess uh, they're gonna make an Idol version of them to kind of get in in that craze, and it's gonna premiere in twenty twenty one. So that's a, apparently a temporary title only. So yes, if you're a fan of this franchise, the future looks bright. You're going to be getting new anime every year, and they're all going to be kind of different. So there you go. Nice. All right. Yes. Well, uh, my piece of news here is about a, a anime expo attendee who spent, I think, a little bit too much money on cardboard cutouts. <laughs> yes. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Twitter user... Uh, Remy Da Pion is now the proud owner of two new Hyperdimensia Neptunia series character standees. If you don't know, standee is basically that cardboard cutout you see in the mall. The character of a of a you know important character. It's officially licensed cardboard though, so that's what makes it special. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Pion had to shell out thirteen hundred dollars for those two standees. Uh, this was after winning Idea Factory's silent auction, which was held at Anime Expo. However, the uh, hit to his wallet didn't seem to phase him, and he was happily posing for photos after his win. Uh, before mm. he came, the proud owner of the Neptunia, <laughs> or Neptune and Noir standees, Mr. Pion, apparently also won Idea Factory's auction last year. The official Idea Factory Twitter, or international Twitter account, actually celebrated his success this year by retweeting his posts about the auction. The company's Twitter account also shared its own picture of the standees. Uh, Before he (laughs) headed home, as he was, uh, I guess he was coming from uh, outside of this uh, country, he posed with a picture near the USS Iowa, the BB-61 battleship. (laughs) Uh, yeah. which is currently decommissioned. I just like to pull that down. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> At the uh, the battle, the specific, the specific, yeah, the Pacific Battleship Center at the Port of Los Angeles. So, you know, you ever wanted to go to check out a old military vessel that used to see some uh, wartime, you know, go, go there and pose with your waifu. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what relation it has with the ship. Because like, there's an anime about ship girls. Yeah, so the, which is ideally, different because yeah. it's not. Yeah. Maybe he's a fan of this ship is girls about game too. Consoles. Or yeah. you know, maybe he's uh, just a fan of military battleships. Like he could be a military otaku. I guess so. This is like a marriage of his two main, his main two loves, passions. 
Although marriage of his two main loves would be the uh, the ship ship game, which I forget the name of right now. Kankoli? Kankoli, yes. That's one. No, yeah. rampant. Uh, Thirteen hundred dollars USD. Yeah, it's worse. <laughs> you, Thirteen thirteen um, hundred yen would be reasonable, actually. Yeah, thirteen hundred you know, yen would be that pretty would get an article. pretty cheap. Yeah. Thirteen. Considering it has a signature as well. Dollars, yes. Yeah. Ye old American dollar. And uh, apparently he couldn't even take him with him because uh, he didn't want to get him hurt, which is smart. He's actually having a friend ship him those standees, uh, which is going to uh, bank him another... Or bank him. It's going to cost him another hundred, few hundred bucks to ship him back home. Shame. Shame, man. That's They shouldn't have him sent. You know, he just said hurt them, which, you know, that's over damaging them. But you shouldn't have them sent. You should hire them their own personal t- chauffeur then. To treat a lady the way she deserves to be treated instead of packaging her up and shipping her in a box. What do you think she is, an object? Yeah. Huh? What, what are you planning to do yeah. to her when you get back home? Just put her up against your ball and... Uh, actually, I don't want to know <laughs> what you're going to do to her. Don't tell no, me. I don't, I don't really want to know what you're <laughs> doing. On yeah. I, at the same time, it's like, oh, when you first showed me this article, I thought he got all of them. He only got two of them. Yep. He didn't so even he didn't get even all of them. get the other two consoles. Yeah, he he didn't get the Nintendo one or the Xbox one. He just got Nep and the whatever the PlayStation one's called. Then again, he maybe was. he only wanted those two. That's true. That's true. Maybe he didn't want the Xbox one because he's like, huh, Xbox, huh, huh, huh. Xbox, trash, trash, what trash console? Who who wants Xbox? Yeah. Clearly, oh, PC fuck. master race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> PC and Sony apparently. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it is true that Xbox has always had trouble selling outside in in Japan. You know, it, so. it's true. Although I'll uh, yeah. I'll say this to all those PC Master Race people out there. Oh man, sucks yeah. about all those ports you guys keep getting, huh? The ones that don't <laughs> work, man, that sucks. Yeah, and even the dismissive way that the developers talk about PC gamers in general, where it's like you know, or it's ah, just like we don't yeah, we'll, we'll get to you yeah. eventually. We'll get to you eventually, because you know what? You guys are just going to pirate all of it anyway. You guys don't pay, so we don't bother catering to you. Yeah. Yep. As Queen points out, it would have been a little bit over more than 140,000 yen he spent. Damn. Yep. So, for all of our our Japanese listeners out there who are like, Oh, how much would that cost in the... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) They happen to be listening to this show. They're like, and they do- what's the matter? Yeah. He, he's just imitating how I sound. It, it's not racist at all. Mm. <laughs> no, that's exactly what that's exactly what he sounds like in his inner monologue as well. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Indeed, <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, before uh, we we get too far uh, down that yeah. rabbit hole, why don't you kick us into uh, our final part of the news here? Okay, so our final part of our news. Uh, also comes in from, wait, I think they were all from Anime News Network today. Uh, this one's about um, Anime Expo happened, and actually a similar sort of relation where uh, Sekai Project announced that they will be releasing a set of new games, most of them visual novel, I think maybe most if not all of them are visual novel themed, so all anime style. Uh, amongst them are games such as Relord 2, Idol Connect, Harumada, I'm not going to even pretend I know what these games are. Uh, to us, I don't play visual novels, but the only reason that this came to mind most of all is I want to draw attention to an anime I've, I've actually covered in the past because one of them came with an anime announcement in itself, 
and that is uh, covering the Neko Para series, which I previously reviewed a, a while back, who knows when. Um, but yeah, it turned out back then uh, it had a Kickstarter um, to try and fund a, a, a sequel game called Neko Para Extra, which it did manage to make that goal. However, it failed to make the goal for actually getting the anime based off the extra game that was going to be coming out later on. Uh, despite that, they've announced that they're going to be releasing this uh, Neko Para Extra along with the actual anime itself is going to be releasing on the same day, which is the 27th of July 2018 this year. Um, here's a here's a, a brief description. It's a prequel to the very popular Neko Para series. Neko Para Extra takes place... It takes us inside the Minaduki household when Chocola and Vanilla first arrive. After being taken in by Kasho and his little sister Shigure, the young kittens Chocola and Vanilla find it difficult to fit in. Despite the warm and welcome, the warm welcome and the other Minaduki cat girls give them, they act with trepidation as they adjust to the pace of the pace of the family. As they slowly interact with their fellow sister cat girls, Chocola and Vanilla begin to open up more. It's here that we see Kasho's kindness towards them that builds up their feelings towards him. So. This is an origin story for everybody who was begging to know um, where it all began in the Nekopara, Nekopara universe. There's going to be a new game and an anime coming out with that. Oh, also, it's also worth putting as a side note that there will also be a manga coming out in August as well. So, um, I don't know who's looking forward, but, you know, there's also going to be versions of this coming out, of just the series in general coming out on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 as well, since I'm at it. Although the release dates for both the PS4 and uh, Switch versions have been changed from July the 4th to just sometime in in July. So they're, they're a bit unspecific about it now, to be honest. Unless you're in Japan and North America on the Switch. I think that's coming out sooner. Um, so yeah. Then it's just some details about the other visual novels and about when Echo Para first released and blah 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 blah. You can see those details yourself. But yeah. If, if you're a fan, I don't know if we have any fans of those listening to the show so i suppose there's no point hanging on it but be excited it's, it's always good to have something that kind of could constitute as good news here for somebody be excited yeah be be excited, excited. everyone's right. saying yeah <laughs> yeah i've seen i've seen Nothing. the uh i've seen them before and yeah get to have sex with cats <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah? A cat yeah. is fine too. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, I guess okay. we can get into our summer 2018 previews. Episode number oh, yeah. one of summer 2018. Indeed. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no, in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no, in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Part one, the first opening saga, the most important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we uh, got two each, so I guess I'll start us off here. Yep. And ahead. I will bring in to the limelight Backstreet Girls. All right. So, yeah, Backstreet Girls... So the anime kicks off with us watching a uh, mafia mafioso yakuza boss uh, watching idols, and uh, he uh, he says in his deep and 
uh, rusty voice who is uh, apparently being played by uh, K.G. Uh, Fujiwara. Um, and he's like, idols, huh? Uh, so that's it. And uh, quickly we cut to three uh, Yakuza members who are now groveling before their uh, leader, their you know, Yakuza boss, whose name is uh, Inugane. And uh, they're like, sorry, boss, you know, we're sorry, sorry, please don't kill us. We'll do anything, anything, please. You know, like, you know, like, yes, boss, we respect you, boss. And uh, these mm-hmm. three are voiced uh, by Daisuke Ono, Satoshi Hino, and uh, Kazuyuki Okitsu. Now, those are all their male voice actors. They end up having female voice actors because the... The Yakuza boss uh, ends up saying, all right, well, I won't kill you. I'm not a demon or anything like that. I'll, uh, you're going to become idols. And they're like, well, huh? (laughs) Boss, I don't know if you know this, but idols are, you know, know, cute girls. And he's like, oh, I know that. That's why you're going to get sent (laughs) to Taiwan. And we're going to, you know, have gender reassignment surgery as well as plastic surgery to turn you into the perfect idol girls. And he's like, but, of course, if you don't want to do that, I could always just sell off your organs and cut off your limbs. I'll give you five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. And they're like, oh, we'll become <laughs> idols. We'll become idols. <laughs> As they're thinking, like, you know, back to his moment where he was just like, I'm not a demon. <laughs> yeah. And oh. the anime then transitions to one year later. And these men have now become idols. And they're currently holding a backstreet concert where, you know, a bunch of uh, otaku idol people are there and they're dancing and jumping up around. And these Yakuza guys are singing this song that their boss had made about drinking wine and whatnot and like cutting fingers off, which apparently the otakus are really into. And afterwards, they go backstage and one of them starts drinking from a sake bottle. Another one starts smoking and the last one just looks depressed. And they're, you know, <laughs> legs wide open, not sitting like girls at all, just like depressed and like, Aniki, what is, I can't believe we've been reduced to this. Ugh. You know, with their masculine, you know, inside their yeah. masculine voices, because that's how they talk to each other outside their Female voices are actually all real idols. Uh, Yuka, uh, Nuki, Kori, Maida, and uh, uh, Hikaru Ak- Akau. Mm. And I believe those those uh, idols are actually also in the intro because the OP actually has live action dancing by idols. Kind of like um, James Bond style though, so they have like Mac Phil across them the entire time. Have you ever seen a James Bond film before? And you ever seen those intros? Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're not enjoying it. Uh, you know, they go to their boss, and the boss is like, "Well, so that disgusting song? <laughs> I can't believe you!" And they're all like, "But you're you're the one who wrote it." You're... Oh yeah, and so he's like, uh, "So you're gonna you're gonna stay idols?" And they're like, "How long do we have to do this for? What are you talking about? You have to do it forever." <laughs> 
And uh, they're, you know, like, don't you respect us still as Yakuza? And he's like, Yakuza? You're not Yakuza. You're idols. You're just normal idols. You got to understand that now. And he claims to be now their producer. And he's like, don't call me boss anymore. Call me sensei. And, uh... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, the... The uh, girls then get a manager who is very flabbergasted by, like, oh, what is wrong with these girls? Why are they acting like men all the time? It's fucking ridiculous. Look, they sit with their legs wide open. They're drinking. You know, like They're playing old mahjong and stuff like that. Like, what are these old men? Because not only did these Yakuza, who are probably in their 40s or something, get gender reassignment and, you know, look pretty now, they also look about 20 years younger. Mm. So they look like they could be 18, maybe. So, Some yeah. Good surgical work. Yeah, great. They found a really good doctor in Taiwan. Like, the best only Yakuza money can buy. Mm. And, uh, so yeah, the manager ends up winning their hearts, however, because he ends up repeating the same lines that their most respected chief, um, uh, as they called him, used to say. And they, like, all start groveling at his feet, like, yes, chief, we'll do what you say, chief. And he's like, chief? Yeah, whatever, it works, I guess they're going to respect me now. <laughs> and they're yeah. going to le learn to become more girly. Um... The other part to the first episode, though, is that, like, they're having a handshaking event, and, like, the oh, boss yeah. that got them in trouble and forced them to, well, eventually got them to have gender reassignment surgery because what happened was they fucked up during a uh, scouting mission, I guess, or something, and a rival Yakuza boss caught them, beat them up, and sent them back to Inagane who then, of course, forced them to have gender reassignment surgery. And they're shaking his hand, and they're all, like, about to, like, you know, punch him, and they're like, I can't believe, like, this this creepy-ass boss is here, and he's shaking my hand and, like, getting, you know, like, getting off on it and stuff, and, uh, you know. <sighs> and, like, yeah. all of a sudden, like, fat otakus are like, you're making Ari-chan cry! Ari-chan cry! No, you can't! And, like, the fat otakus start beating up the Yakuza <laughs> boss. <laughs> Uh -huh. Like, Mary yeah. Chan, we love you. <laughs> and they're just like mm -hmm. watching the television. They're like, this, this was for the best, right, Aniki? Like, like this is okay, right? We can, we can do this, right? <laughs> uh, it was funny, but there's a couple problems. So, the animation is done by JC staff in the style of the manga, and I'm not really a fan of the the uh art style it's kind of really rough the other thing is that the yakuza boss inugane has no hold bards against these girls because now they're girls they used to be guys so he brutally kicks one in the face at one point and like fucks up her face so she even talks she even mentions later you know or he mentions like what kind of producer kicks their idol in the face and uh yeah so i kind of was like uh, I don't like that. Like, I know they're like, they changed their gender and like, they're still acting like guys on the inside. And like, she, you know, she took it in stride, but at the same time, it's like, are you fucking what mate? You're going to kick a girl. It's like a, is this like a redux of the, the whole Aho girl issue? Mm, 
not really because he only gets kicked once. And then the manager shows okay. up and I think he's going to basically take over. But still, it was like, it just was like, uh, I don't like that because it, it could happen more. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could happen a little bit more like, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of like domestic violence kind of stuff. And like, oh, yeah. I know they're guys and girls bodies basically at this point. Um, but at the same time, it's like they're actually girls now. They had the gender reassignment surgery. They had the plastic surgery. They look and they are girls for the most part. Unless, of course, you think that being a girl doesn't constitute as what happens with your gender, but what it feels like on the yeah. inside. And that gets into a whole philosophical issue that I don't want to go into right yes. now. But basically, oh, yeah. that's a rabbit hole. if you were to go on like a gender, physical gender basis now, they are girls. They yep. don't have ding dongs anymore. They have hoo ha's. <laughs> yeah. Hoo ha's. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the other part of it, of course, that I was kind of un- I was kind of like hesitant about is that it kind of beautifies the process of gender reassignment and you know, oh yeah, all that kind of thing because yeah, it took a year, yeah. and they look like mm-hmm. perfect pretty idols. These masculine, yeah. like buff. Yakuza, who are like all scarred up and stuff, all of a sudden they become mm-hmm. cutesy idol girls. Like, yeah, it's not how it works. And it's I know not, that, but there's isn't it going been for a comedic thing. Isn't it going? It's for, like a, for a bit of a comedic thing, yes. But at the same time, I have seen some uh, LGBT communities come out and basically say like, this anime is not great imaging for us like yay thank yeah. you for showing it but at the same time they didn't want it and that's you know that's forcing the gender and stuff like that for comedic effect of course but at the same time it's a really big change for a guy who doesn't want it but you know, of course they were gonna it was either die or change a gender which yeah mm-hmm. you know for me i might just die because being a girl's yeah. hard bro Mm, but it, death well, is death. Yeah, well, at least death. I don't need to worry about life anymore. Bills and people and all that stuff. It doesn't oh. matter. You're dead. But when you're a girl, you no, have to no worry about all, go, this is, all sorts of other stuff. This is all very grim. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> okay, well, those are the issues. But well, what was good about it, then? What was what was good about it? Uh, Well, like I said, it was funny. It had plenty of funny moments. You know, the voice actors are... Absolutely, you know, they got Daisuke Ono, like one of the fucking best male he's voice good. actors currently right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. And, you know, they their boss is actually pretty well voice acted as well, and there's some pretty funny moments to it, and overall, I'd say it's just not my cup of tea. It's good, mm-hmm. but not my cup of tea. Okay, okay. So you're not going to keep on watching it? No, I watched episode one, and I was pretty much done with Backstreet Girls. I was like, all right, I've seen what it offered. I don't really like the animation. Some of the topics are a little too, eh, you know, like a little bit more cringy than I wanted. Um, So I'm going to stop watching Backstreet Girls. But other people out there might like it. Yeah, that's a good note to leave on. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I guess I will move swiftly along to my first anime of the day. Yes. Which is Nothing Screams Summer Like Horror. Happy Sugar Life. It's an what, anime about a psychopath. What could a psychopath. possibly be bad with that? It sounds so uplifting. 
it's so happy and it's the sugar it's, it's and life you know it's everything you know it's, it's flowers and there's cakes it's an anime about a psychopathic pink-haired schoolgirl lolicon it begins with yandere chan and lolly on top of a burning building as yandere chan thinks about how she didn't understand what love was until now with the lolly embracing her and the two falling off a roof a symbolic jar of candy leaving her pocket and shattering and then we get an opening which communicates kind of the tone they're going to go for with the show. Like on one hand you got this cheery song going in there, this cheery kind of pop song. It's got colourful imagery but then it has these like, with desserts, but it's got these kind of glitchy moments, kind of like your Doki Doki, with like dark undertones of characters' faces going all black and becoming silhouettes and stuff and just their eyes showing. And you know, it goes back and forth basically for, for kind of contrast and dramatic effect. Also, the song itself becomes a little bit more ominous with like chanting in the background and the guitar switches to like a minor music key. So Mm -hmm. there's that. But anyway, the show begins proper with a man confessing his love for Yandere Chan. She turns him down, saying that basically there's someone else already. The random guy's mates come in to rub in that he got dumped, though we get some visuals to show that Yandere Chan has had a history of sleeping around beforehand. This is also reinforced by the next scene in which she is talking to her best friend Shoko about how she's done fooling around with guys and how she's already started living with the one she loves and that she needs to be she just needs to make more money to keep that going. Shoko just assumes that she enjoys babying her new boyfriend, whilst we already know from uh, that this assumption is wrong from the pre-opening and stuff, but we see the two working together at an animal-themed maid cafe, and yet Shoko is perceptive enough to know that something must be up with her friend. Yandere Chan returns home to her beloved, which, as we've seen pre-opening, is a lolly called Shion Chan, I believe? I, uh-huh. I just call her lolly most of the time, I forgot his name. Uh, portrayed as the absolute epitome of innocence, from how she waits patiently at the door, like a loyal little puppy, and to the cute things she says to Yandere Chan as they bathe together. This is a relationship that Yandere Chan wants to protect, and to that end, she takes up a presumably higher-paid job at another cafe. Everything seems to be going okay for Yandere Chan until it isn't, as the girly boy from her workplace also starts to ask her out. She declines as always, but this starts a chain of misfortune as Yandere Chan becomes popular in her workplace, which angers some of her peers, but most of all, her control freak of a boss. Yandere Chan witnesses the unscrupulous practices going on behind the scenes here, and says the same pretty boy that confessed to her being lured into the office with the lights off. After that time, he stops coming to work, and the manager uses this as an excuse to push Yandere Chan into working extra hours, and her nasty co-worker uses this as an opportunity to bully her. We get a montage of Yandere Chan being constantly put on toilet duty while leaving her lolly all alone waiting for her on the cold porch, and she's rushing back remarking that it can't go on like this. The jar of sweets representing her happy sugar-free, <laughs> well, not sugar-free, her sugar life begins to break, and she gives an expression I'm sure you will love. Here's up, here's... Here's picture number one. I did promise some pictures. There you go. This is the this is the this is the joys of being on the on the live show, guys. You get to see some 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 um interactive. No, it's not interactive because you don't. Whatever. Who cares? Now, Joseph. As I continue going on with the rest of this episode, I have taken the liberty to screen cap multiple fantastic expressions. So feel free to interject at any time with your thoughts as I go on. No, oh, there it is. Oh yes. Like, where is it? Tipper. Anyways. <laughs> yes. Nice. Anyways, the real straw that breaks the camel's back comes when the manager of the cafe attempts to underpay her. They both meet in the office, and at first the manager tries to assert her dominance. She does the thing, you know, that kind of like a domineering sort of expression and tries to be like, oh, no, I can pay you. 
I can pay you if you don't want if I don't want to pay you. You know, I, it's my kingdom. I'm in charge of the whole place. And she does it in a very sadistic way. You know, the lighting is kind of shaded under her eyes to make her look really evil and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. but you know the thing is, the thing is, there's maliciousness, but then there's crazy. And one thing that's true about Yandere's and all Yandere's have this in common is that they're not just malicious or anything. They're crazy, and crazy beats any of those other ones. You see, mm. so. You know, Yandere Chan at this point does completely snap. Her expression becomes this glazed look for this entire scene. And she starts to hit the manager where it hurts. And talking about how she's having relations with an underage employee. And is even sharp enough to know that that same girly guy is being held in this very office right now. It's super effective. And after constantly pressing the manager, she um, she's able to trick her into confessing about how she has a very possessive nature. How this place is her. How she wants everybody to love her. With a quick flashback to Yandere Chan's past, which also kind of shows that she was abused when she was a kid, and it's by by the very same sort of way, uh, by by like an evil dominating mom, I suppose, motherly mm. figure anyway. Um. Anyway, this is all being recorded, of course, and it ends with Yandere Chan blackmailing her into raising her pay back to normal. She frees the girly guy and warns him to be careful, as women can be possessive. So. Um. Anyways, Yandere Chan reunites with Lolly, and all's well that ends well, except for the teensy little bit of a detail where Yandere Chan is monologuing about how she's never felt love for anybody until now. She's been confessed to multiple times, but she's never felt anything until now, and that she wants, uh, that she wants her precious, uh, beloved Lolly character to. Show her new ways of love as, as things go on. She then walks into a security locked room in the in her apartment. But then we find out it's not her apartment because there are free bags in the corner of the room. But she says, thank you for giving me this this apartment, basically. And um, it basically is it shows that this isn't even her place. She has killed whoever owns this place and put them into those bags. And she's happily talking about removing the evidence now and hiding it. So... There's that. The anime, um, she also does flip back and forth between expressions quite often. Like, she'll go back to being, like, normal when it comes to talking about her beloved little lolly character, but otherwise she'll go back into being, like, insane at these points in time. It's like, oh, you've just, you know, you've separated me from my from my beloved for this long and stuff. It's, oh, it's Shion, not Shion. There you go. Um... And then the, 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 that scene itself ends with her sitting amongst those bags and talking about how this is her happy sugar life or whatever it is. She wants to protect it as long as she can. But then it, that's not, it, it doesn't end there. It has one last twist as it, we go outside to see that um, a man putting... A man or maybe a woman, it's a hooded figure, goes to a, um, a telephone pole and puts a, a missing child's poster up for the aforementioned lolly character. So... She didn't actually find this girl. She seems to have also kidnapped Shio Chan. So there you mm. go. Happy, happy all around. It just sounds like such a lovely, happy anime. Yeah, it's it it truly is. You know, it, it it's <laughs> it's happy and so it's it's happy from one character's perspective, shall we say? Like we said earlier on. So if it isn't apparent already, then Happy Sugar Life is a show of. Contrasts, you know, it has a cute exterior mainly for the purposes of highlighting the twisted scenario that plays it plays host to, sort of like that infamous game we've talked about uh, fairly recently. 
Uh, typically, I'm not a huge fan of the long-winded monologues, the likes of which Yandere-chan spouses, as they seem like the typical sort of existential stuff that a protagonist will say at the start of any anime. And I also don't, I don't particularly like the attempt to, um, I don't really like the sort of voyeuristic angles it tends to take towards the lolly character, like, especially when she walks back into her apartment. Um, but that having been said, I do appreciate the use of such tropes that are being put in this show towards its main points, that Yandere-chan is clearly bad shit insane. I mean, like, if that wasn't already kind of apparent from the images that I'm putting here, which oh, you would be able to see if you were a live listener. Um, in that sense, um, her, you know, her run-of-the-mill, like, inner monologue dialogues are her warped perception of love and other such things. It makes sense when you consider she's just nuts, and it's a, her disturbing accession that shows that the show frames the lolly on screen is because of that's how it's supposed to be from her perspective. This story is very much told by Yandere-chan, uh, from her perspective, and it's pretty much entirely from her point of view. And by that extension, the slight visual glitches, the moments where there's a weird 3D colour filter effect going on top, or the staticky scribbles on screen when she's thinking. Uh, and yes, though even the way that the lolly is portrayed on screen can really be seen as the way Yandere-chan experiences reality. Also, there's a there's also, like, I, I think it was a very good pick for them to choose, like, the conflict of this episode was, like, this this lady who's abusing her power um, to dominate these other male characters in her life, because it, it can, and especially since it's somebody that's underage compared to the manager, because it parallels the hypocrisy that Yandere Chan has. Because if you think about it, everything she accuses this um, manager of doing, such as, like, oh, you shouldn't have relations with someone younger and you shouldn't hold him, you know, blah, 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 and this, that's not real love, it can be shown that she's basically doing that exact same thing itself. So it parallels her. But also then it just goes on, you know, just goes on to make that point about how fucking nuts she is. And there's just like, yeah, there's something very weird about the way she sees the world. And it's obviously probably drawn from her childhood trauma. I'm not mistaking that. So that's going to be pretty typical when we get to it, whenever they get around to explaining it. But, you know, overall, I think that I think overall it's kind of a, a decent first episode. Not too many anime I watch, you know, take the perspective of like, well, what could be considered a villainous character, really? Mm-hmm. She is a villain. She kills folk, you know? You don't get too many of those these days, and it's you know, it's interesting to see it come off from this kind of angle. Usually this, this would be like a side gag or a side character, this sort of Yandere thing played off of. And I'm just sort of interested to see kind of like where it goes and like how much further she's going to take it. I've got a few theories as to where it's going. I'm thinking that the lolly character itself, despite the cute exterior, is also, you know, messed up in her own sort of way because you don't simply, like... There's something about her that's almost too pure, if you know what I mean. Like, kids complain, kids cry, kids whine, they do all sorts of things, you know? But this kid just seems also weirdly fixated on um, Yandere-chan as well. So, you know, I have the idea that there's there's more to this as well from, from other angles. And um, yeah, honestly, this it was it was decently well animated. It's by a studio that I don't think has made many, many much other things yet so far. So it's a good first attempt if it is a new studio. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. But yeah, overall, I will probably keep watching this just to see where it kind of goes. Um, hopefully they don't exhaust the concept after episode one. But yeah, overall, a good experience. Nice. Yeah. Sounds what did you think happy. of the pictures, though? I saw the pictures and they're... They're good, you know. She's got some good, crazy, crazy stares. I like her, like her, just like her dead air, dead eye stares, like most of the time. Like, nice, mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah. She's got the pink hair, a little bit like, uh, 
Yuno. Yuno Gasai? Yeah. Yeah, Yuno yeah. Gasai. I don't know, it's pink haired girls with Yandere aspects to them. But uh, yeah, not not bad. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan though that it's like a, a it's a lolly that she's kidnapped. Yeah, that's basically. the thing. I, that's, that's, that's what I was asking. I'd you be the more okay about, with like, it yeah. if it was like, even if it was like a young boy or a like older dude. Like yeah. just some, you know, even if like the dude was married oh, and she was like, was "Oh, he's dude, fine." If it was a dude, it'd be perfect for you, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be great for me. Like, I don't know if yeah, you know, I I'd be fine with it, I guess, unless like it, like I get the feeling this is not going to have a happy ending. Like, there's like no, the, well, whoever's searching for Lolly is mm-hmm. going to find yeah. out that uh, Yandere has taken her, and yeah. either he's going to turn or he or she is going to turn out to be. Um, Someone who's either very like white knighty, and he's gonna basically end up killing uh, Miss Yandere, or he's going to Probably. end up dead himself because he's gonna try to go save her. And like you said, Lolly's gonna turn out to be batshit crazy too, and it's gonna end up like stabbing him to death or something. Yeah, there's something going on. Well, or or there's also the thing I mentioned at the start of the episode is that they're on top of a burning building and they both seem to jump off together. So maybe that's how it ends too. Maybe they double suicided. Double suicide, yep. Yep. I just don't so, see this going any place happy. Two. Oh no, probably not. It's probably not gonna be happy sugary fun times for the <laughs> for them by the end. Let me tell you, but you know, it's all about it's better to have had a happy sugary fun life and lost it than to have never had a happy sugary fun life at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Alright. Well, uh, brings me to my next preview here, and uh, basically this one's, uh, the title of this one is uh, Sonohara so no Kiririn-san, or as I will Mm -hmm. call it, Straight Shota. Yeah. Oh boy, so this anime begins with us watching a boy by the name of uh, Sonohara, or sorry, not Sonohara, uh, Aki who is kind of lost. He's in Tokyo. He's kind of come out from the boondocks of uh, the boondocks, the boonies of uh, Japan. And he's trying to find his way to a lodging house or a dormitory because he has moved out from the sticks because he wants to become a man because apparently uh, back in the sticks, he was treated as a girl all the time. He has a very girly face, you know, longish hair. And he had a, uh, sister type character who basically uh ptsd'd him into running away because if she could, would if i could for- interject there though yeah do those characters that want to be considered men ever consider just getting a buzz cut you know if the that's what i thought i was like it. you know maybe you should just cut your hair bro if, if you want to just just get a haircut it helps yeah it does help like it may yeah. not make it perfect but at least you're gonna oh. have like a butch cut instead of like long silky you know child hair yeah. that you have right now i see his design and it's all flowy it's like no wonder yeah know? it's basically shoulder length hair he has uh-huh. yeah so uh yeah. and the anime basically sets up exactly what's going to happen in this anime because as he's looking over this map on the street like these girls pass him by and he turns around and he's like wow they look pretty flashy then he goes back to looking at the map and the girls stop and the one girl looks back and is like hey that cute kid's pretty cute huh and you know they get into an argument like it's a girl no it's a boy it's a girl it's a boy what do you think and the middle girl's like i don't think it matters (laughs) 
And thus, Aki uh, continues traveling to the dormitory. He has his inner monologue of how he wants to become a man. He's sick and tired of being treated like a girl. He wants to be a man, and Tokyo will give him the opportunity, and it rains. And he's already like, this is very foreboding. That's weird. He finally gets to the dormitory. He walks inside. And he's like, Moshi, Moshi, hello. Is anyone here? And a giant pair of tits comes out of nowhere and gets him from behind. And this giant pair of tits is named Ayaka. And she is the dormitory mother, the dorm mother, or the proprietor of the lodging house. And holy shit, this girl has a rack on her. Like, she's got to have at least triple Ds. I, I, I think that's a thing. Triple Ds? Um, yeah. Yeah, probably. She's very voluptuous. And she's also very pretty. And of course, uh, Aki is immediately infatuated with her. He's like, oh, wow, she's so pretty. At first, of course, she thinks that he's a girl. So she ships him off to the bath. Where, you know, she's like, oh, you're all wet and cold. Here, get into the bath. And he's relaxed. And he's like, wait a second. This isn't time to be relaxing. I've got to, you know, make a stand. I've got to tell her I'm not a girl. And then, of course, she walks in, wrapped in a towel. And she's, you know, like, I'm going to wash your back. That's what I've always done for all the different girls here. My grandmother used to do it, but now I do it. And, you know, he has this <laughs> inner monologue with his devil and angel self. And the devil's like, eh, just go along with it. She thinks you're a girl. <laughs> just have some fun while you're at it. And the angel's like, no, he has to make a stand. If he's gonna make her believe that he's a boy, he has to do it now. And, like, they both shake hands like, we agree. <laughs> Aki attempts to turn around, and the uh, the proprietor has, you know, got her tits right in his face. And and he's like, oh, no, I, I can't. I can't do this. And he gets all nervous about it. And, she, you know, she ends up, you know, putting her boobs against his back after he uh, is finally like, personal space, personal space, I'm a guy! And he explains it to her, and she's like, oh, I thought you were a girl. Oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, why are you still in the bathroom then? And she hugs him from behind, and she uh, bites his ear. You know, like a playful, oh. like, nibble on his ear. Like, ang, ang, ang. He, uh, okay. <laughs> And he passes the fuck out, because he has just been overloaded with <laughs> an older woman basically molesting him <laughs> and he wakes up and he says oh i'm in such a warm and comfortable space and like he looks up who uh he is now resting his head on her lap uh he's fully dressed and uh he even comments and he's like i can't even see her face over her tits that's how big her rack is on her very lap he can't see her face because her chest is blocking his view wow yeah. and uh you know she uh starts to make lunch and you know she keeps hugging him he's like stop calling me aki-chan and that's just where we get a little bit of flashback to his ptsd where he apparently had like a i guess like an older sister or a little sister or maybe you know just someone who called them his little sister or older sister who dressed him up as a girl a lot. Like, put him in a maid outfit, put him in a schoolgirl's outfit, put him in a dress, all that kind of stuff. You know, t tied his hair up in pigtails. And he kind of just went along with it because, you know, he was a girly guy and, you know, kind of young in elementary school. So 
he I guess he liked the attention, but didn't care for the fact that he was made out to be a girl all the time. <laughs> uh, okay. So he is like, all right, well, I'm going to prove to you I can be a guy. And he tries to help out. Uh, he tries to help out Akia here and there and everywhere and continually messes things up. You know, he tries to help her hang up laundry and ends up pulling up her bra. And she's like, oh, you're so naughty. And, you know, he gets like a nosebleed from that. Uh, he tries to help water the, the flowers and he ends up tripping and spilling the water all over them. He ends up um, trying to clean the floor, but he slips on it because it's all waxed up. And this is when he has like, you know, like, I don't want to be treated like a girl anymore. A kind of confession to Akia, who then tells him, all right, well, if you give me a kiss on the cheek, I will consider you a man. And he tries to go kiss her, and here comes the cock block. Because the other dorm room dormitory girls show up. Because it's a dormitory full of girls. Why not, right? Yeah. And uh, this is... uh, We got uh, uh, Yuzu, who is the president of the Tachibana... Or Tachimachi Secondary School, where uh, Aki is currently enrolled. She's a petite girl with long brown hair. She is, uh, you know, she is very cutesy and she wears a duck on her head on a ribbon because, you know, like a little duckling because she wants to be considered taller. There is uh, Sumari, who is a very tall girl with long black hair, who has a crush on Yuzu and likes to pick up Yuzu all the time because she likes being crushed between her thighs. And uh, then there's Yuri, who is the school council president. Very friendly girl, who has a bit of a cosplay quirk, though. And immediately, once she sees Aki, starts thinking of seeing him in a maid's uniform. But, of ah, course, she so doesn't, uh, yeah, she doesn't uh, say anything about it. She just laughs and goes, oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> You know, she's the oh, kind with her eyes closed all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you, I see this kind of character, right. Yeah, so uh, it leads off with um, the trio of them deciding that they're, you know, going to go out and go to school. And they're, you know, the school student council, so they go off early, leaving our uh, Shota with uh, the MILF, basically. And uh, Mm -hmm. she molests him a little bit more before he leaves, of course, Uh, ends up changing into a high school uniform that she barely fits into still. And she tries to help him get prepared for school by, you know, role-playing with him. Where she basically makes him molest her, where she takes his hand and puts it on her breast and rubs it in there a few times for good measure. You know, because she's like, can't you feel my heart racing? This is what it feels like to be in these situations. And, of course, you know, he's still kind of liking it, but, you know, he's also a very young boy, so he's... Kind of like, oh, I don't know how I should be feeling right now. But he does have fantasies where he's like, if I make her believe I'm a man, then maybe and like, you know, it cuts to her like kind of undressed and like with hearts in her eyes. And it's like, maybe she'll let me go further. So it's not like he's a completely dickless male. But at the same time, you know, he is a younger boy. So he kind of gets very flustered in situations. Yeah. Yep. I think so, anybody would with someone this forward after yes. he just moved in, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Very, uh, very, very much like I, when I was watching this, I kept saying over and over, they knew what they were doing. 
they, yeah. they well, knew yes. they knew who they were making this for. They knew. Yes. And I'm one they of them. They were very upfront about it, if you know what I mean. Because I'm fucking going to continue watching this nonstop because I am an SS fan. <laughs> SS. Oh, straight Shota. Yeah, right. straight Shota. I, I like the younger boy with the older woman kind of stuff. Alright, so it's got your, it's got, so like, well, the other one, they're both, so you know, by our estimation, they're both good, but one of them was your thing, and then one of them wasn't your thing, and this one's very much your thing. Yeah, this is very much up yeah. my alley, where it's just like, it's a fetish, some people will like it, some people won't. I'm one of the ones that do. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no further questions asked, good sir. You, uh, yes. Enjoy so that. So why, why don't you, why don't you try to bring us up with your last happy 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 joy joy preview right yeah happy joy and, and summer themed as well you know and, and on that note i bring you an anime called satsuriku no tenshi or angels of death an anime oh, adapted from a survival <laughs> yes perfect. i know plenty happy it's all festive it's not even christmas yet a survival <laughs> horror video game uh made on rpg maker no less adapted into an anime in some in some ways, it's very obvious that it is a game. But starting off, it begins with our protagonist, Rachel Gardner, a harmless-looking girl. You could even describe her as innocuous, with blonde hair, um, and she's young, and she's been counselled by a doctor um, who's introduces himself as Danny. He exclaims that she has met uh, with a terrible fate, and that she stands there, glad uh, with her eyes glazed over. The scene is purposely kept surreal and what looks like ink spots come on screen with quick cuts to a moon to keep things ambiguous until we cut to the real start of the show and there's no opening credits for this uh, for the first episode at least. Hmm. Rachel awakens in an empty room, dimly illuminated by a large moon through the window. Uh, she acknowledges however that the moon looks fake and she leaves, noting that she wants to find her mother and her father. Much like her room, the corridors outside uh, is empty but eerily lined with inefficiently mounted wall cameras. Rachel reads some vague text on the wall before making her way to a room in which a typewriter starts asking her some random questions. It asks her for her name why, uh, and also why she's here, to which she answers that she remembers being admitted to a hospital. It then asks why was she admitted to a hospital, hospital to which she replies that she witnessed people die and that she was taken for counselling. Intriguingly though, we don't get to see what the typewriter sh uh, shows after that, but we do get to hear Rachel replying that she just wants to be out of here and see her parents. As if in response to that, a lock disengages and she takes her way, uh, makes her way down an elevator to another floor called Basement 6, which is referred to as the play area. Strangely enough, the floor is made to simulate and look kind of like a rundown street outdoor valleys, uh, alleyway, I mean, sorry, not valleys. <laughs> and noticeably shaken, Rachel starts running around until she comes across an injured bird. Just before she's able to add the pretty bird to her party, a figure breaks out of the sealed passage and crushes it under his foot. This is Jeff the Killer, a teenage looking guy with short but flowing black hair. He's covered in bandages that are tight enough to contour his slender build in his head, complete with hoodie and scythe for maximum edge. He's also my OC, no stealing. We get the standard <laughs> horror chase scene. Where she has to hide in a box, and Jeff gets really close to catching her, but then is like, oh, she's not here, and then he leaves. Kind of like a stealth game sort of thing. Shaking him off, Rachel makes her way back to the bird, where we get a hint that she's also kind of not right in the head herself, as she starts to patch up and stitch the bird together, even though it's quite clearly been dead for a while now. 
She makes her way to the elevator, uh, and we get another typical scene of her escaping this floor in the nick of time before Jeff manages to catch up to her. But Rachel's problems don't end there. Next up in basement level 5, which is decorated more like a hospital, she reunites with Dr. Danny from the uh, introduction. At first it seems fine, like he's going to escape with her, but all's not <laughs> what it seems of course, as slowly but surely the doctor's demeanour crumbles bit by bit, until he reveals himself to be another crazy who's obsessed with stealing other people's eyes. He also has tongues like he also has a tongue like Gene Cinnamon's for some reason. Something something he witnessed his mom's lifeless eyes in his youth when he was when she killed herself, and something something this traumatized him to be obsessed with eyes. You, you don't need to know the details. At this point, Rachel is being held down on an operating table, and she makes her one last plea to him to let her go so she can see her parents. To which the doctor responds that she'll see them soon in hell. At those words, though, uh, something clicks in Rachel's head, and she goes limp. The Doctor continues to be crazy and shit, except, surprise, Jeff the Killer from earlier has come to this floor and impales Danny with his scythe. He's about to do the same thing to Rachel as well, but loses interest because of her lack of reaction and decides to try and escape as he is now labelled a traitor for breaking one of the rules by some intercom voice due to him leaving Basement 6 to kill someone in Basement 5. So apparently all these, like, contained killers are not allowed to leave their floors or something. Just as he's trying to escape, Rachel now approaches Jeff from behind with a glazed expression and asks him to kill her, ending the episode. So, you know the take home lesson today I think is that even though there are tropes that seem to be done to death or blatant as hell, uh, they can still be made interesting with the right approach. Uh, something, sometimes a, a cliche perhaps, uh, something becomes a cliche not because it's just overused but because the people who are overusing them understand why they work to begin with. In that regard, Angel of Death, uh, Angels of Death did pretty well as far as first impressions are concerned to me. It's an example of a mystery, thriller, horror done using a lot of things we've seen before, but, I, but as I'm sure Jeff would agree, it's all about the execution in the end. For example, it's pretty common for a character to have amnesia like our main character does in this anime, and it's usually there's a kind of a shitty, lazy excuse for other characters to shout exposition and stuff and explain it to them, and by extension us, the audience who are watching the show. But you know, in this show they don't really do that, instead it's kind of used there to facilitate the sense of mystery, and you, as you see like uh, Rachel cautiously explore the environment, you know? And in that regard you can get the sense that this is based off a game, because Rachel monologues to herself is kind of like what you'd expect to see when you read text on screen, when you examine things in the environment. Heck, there's even a part that kind of resembles a, a, an RPG fetch quest where the crazy doctor guy asks her to go retrieve a missing eye, or his missing eye I think. Still. The mysterious vibe you get from direct from the direction, such as the cuts to the cameras that are indicating someone's watching them, you know, the different surveillance cameras and such, it constantly gives you the sense that, you know, it's, there's a level of intensity or something or dread in the background. You, you never really get a solid grasp on what's really going on. From episode 1, the premise is really simple though, as you'd expect for, as you'd expect for something based off a video game. It's just about escape this rundown, multi-story complex, while piecing together what's really going on with the place, and also Rachel's relationship with it. I haven't played the source material of course, so I can't attest how much this does the original work justice, but what I can say is that it's on its, on its own it's a competently made product. Um, from what I can tell, this is brought to us by Studio PA Works, that made such timeless classics as Ikitosen, A Certain Magical Contents, and is it wrong to take the piss with the length of your light novel titles? The animation is pretty decent throughout though, and I'd say the art style itself though is kind of okay really. Nothing bad, but nothing to stand out so far. 
if I were to nitpick something here, I'd say that as well as I said the tropes work as well. Um, I I think the scenes themselves could be um made a little bit more tense if they veered a little bit away from your expectations on how these kind of standard horror scenes are supposed to play out. Like you kind of know, you know, like oh that scene where she's trying to hide from him in a box and he, you know, he just misses her or. You know, she tries to escape into the elevator. She's pressing the buttons to try and close it in time. You know, there's a lot of those scenes that you've seen before in other horror stuff, and it kind of numbs the intensity a slightly. Uh, I hope they go a bit creative, basically going forward. I get the idea that this is going to be a journey through multiple floors uh, with different scary cycles on each one. Um, so, on that sense, I hope that the other monstrosities that they that they show will step more into the creative box because. We need to go a little bit beyond just super edgelord Jeff the Killer here and the Cuckoo Doctor <laughs> kind of character. This They're a bit too standard. I want to see something a bit more unique going forward. But um, I guess it's just, it's really novel, similar to, like, I guess, the last anime I just re- uh, previewed here. It's very novel to have a horror anime, especially a survival horror type anime, because they don't come around too often. And while it's not the best thing I've ever seen... It's something that I definitely won't be able to miss either, so I'm also going to keep on watching it, suffice it to say. Um, so that's two for two, actually. So starting off the season fairly sounding strong, I guess. It kind of reminds me of uh, some other RPG horror-esque uh, mm-hmm. stuff out there. Um, trying to remember the one I'm thinking of. Uh, shit. Um... Uh, like that picture you posted of like Jeff the Killer, uh, Jeff the Killer there in anime form. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. What was it called? What was it called? Mad Father. Mm-hmm. Mad Father was one. Um, Ib. That's another one. I've seen Mad Father and Ib. Both of those are pretty much the same. Uh, the Crooked Man. Uh, Yume Nikki. Aoyomi. Oh yeah. Corpse Party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Alwini. Yeah. Yeah. Corpse Party. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one this remind me uh, reminded me of the most was kind of like Mad Father, uh, where Mad Father. It's, oh. Mad Father was about a father who's a a world acclaimed doctor or surgeon or something like that, and uh-huh. uh, apparently he's actually like just cutting up corpses and whatnot, and it's kind of crazy, and he uh, ends up like having like he tries to almost kill his daughter who is this like little lolly with long black hair and a big red bow on her hair very cute uh, and you go oh, through like okay. the horror-esque elements and whatnot and he ends up uh at the end of it it turns out that she's just as messed up as her father ah nice yeah. the apple don't fall far from the tree when it comes to crazy mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. All right. Okay. Well, there's our there's our starting previews for the summer 2018 season. And continue to watch. Isn't that it? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, we'll be back again for at least two more shows for previews. Oh yeah, at least two more. I might at have least more. two more. I might have yeah. more too. I know. I might, normally oh. it's like three because I come I run out, but I might have more to preview this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the season. This definitely feels like the season of Joseph for the Looking at the lineups, like you yeah, there's were, a lot. You were starved for your sort of like shows, like with the harems and stuff and mm-hmm. the stuff. But this one's got at least two of those. Uh, 
Yep. So. Well, I thank everyone for sticking around, for joining, listening to us. And until next time, as always, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong.